So we have Brandon Smith on the line. Brandon is a writer, and uh, he's also involved in the freedom movement in the United States, based in Eureka, in the great state of Montana. You can also check out his uh, terrific uh, website, alt-market.us. Hope I got that right, uh, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, you got it, uh, and thanks for having me back. Well, listen, it's a pleasure having you back because right now, of course, what's happening in the United States, extremely troubling for anybody who values freedom, who values uh, the Constitution, not being forced to do things like take vaccines if you don't want one. And uh, what we're seeing now, of course, is executive orders by the Biden administration. Um, Just, uh, I'm sure it's no coincidence, but uh, hot on the heels of the debacle in Afghanistan, the chaotic and uh, bloody withdrawal of U.S. forces from from that country, and then, of course, the bombing uh, that was supposed to hit ISIS that ended up killing something like seven children. All of this happened, and then Biden tables his executive order. Uh, but that th- basically uh, does what? I mean, uh, apart from exempting uh, hundreds of thousands of people that the Biden administration does not want to force to take vaccines, but others, including some in the private sector, oddly enough, have to uh, have to comply. What do you make of this order, Brandon? Well, it's actually not it's not surprising to me that Biden took this route because I mean I I think about six or seven months ago I wrote an article predicting that this is exactly what he would do that he would uh, um, towards the end of this year I, I figured it'd be a little bit later but towards the end of this year that he would suddenly pop out of the woodwork with a federal a federal level uh, vaccine mandate um, this seems like the natural step that the uh, elites would take in order to press the ball forward on 100% vaccination. Um, The issue here, I think, with this executive order in particular is the the, um, assumption that they have the power to dictate to private companies um, how they handle uh, the vaccination situation with their employees. Uh, this is a huge uh, sort of intrusion into, you know, what a lot of people consider a private uh, for the private rights of businesses and business owners. Any company, apparently, that has more than 100 employees is subject to this this uh, vaccine passport mandate, and I, you know. That's that's not a a lot of employees, really. If you think about it, there's there's uh, you know major corporations that are already trying to do some of this stuff, but you know 100 100 employees or more. That's a lot of medium-sized businesses. There's uh, quite a few out there uh, that are not going to want to comply with this. I think, and uh, the the idea that Biden thinks that he can just dictate to these companies how they how they handle their employees is um, you know, pretty uh, bizarre. It's pretty brazen, unless you consider the fact that they they really need to get 100% vaccination of the population in in the near term, maybe within the next year. Um, and my suspicion is that they need to to do this because if there are millions of people who are unvaccinated, those people would represent what's called a control group in in any. Uh, you know, medical experiment, uh, and the control group of people who are unvaccinated 
would be proof of the dangerous nature of these vaccines if there are uh, side effects. So in a year from now, say, we have millions and millions of people who took the vaccines that suddenly uh, have autoimmune disorders or they find out they're, they're suffering from infertility. And then you have millions of people who didn't take the vaccine who don't have those problems. And that's pretty hard proof that the vaccines are causing these problems and that they're dangerous. So the establishment needs to make sure they have 100% or close to 100% vaccination within the next year or two. Otherwise, <clears throat> those people will represent proof that of their real agenda, which is to either uh, kill or sterilize um, millions of Americans. And we're already seeing uh, even some young people, many young people now suffering from heart inflammation uh, as a result of, of taking certain vaccines, like the, the Pfizer one, for example, that uh, these people have been hospitalized, they didn't have any issues, and then all of a sudden they end up in hospital as a result of this uh, very debilitating conditions. Some people have also died as a result of this. But um, the question is, what will the states do? We have Governor DeSantis in Florida saying, in Florida, we will fight back. Uh, Governor DeSantis says his state will push back against uh, Biden's plan for the Labor Department to draft an emergency rule that would require all employers with, as you mentioned, Brandon, 100 or more employees uh, ensure their work, work, workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week, which is a pain in the butt if you have to go in and have to get that done once a week. I mean, it can be, you know, fairly quick. I mean, I think uh, you can get it done in about 30 minutes now in some cases. But uh, here's Biden saying in some cases he's going to roll over some of these governors. So he's anticipating the administration is that they're going to get some pushback at the state level, but it's not going to be just DeSantis, is it? I mean, there's a bunch of states that are lining up to uh, to say no to President Biden and his executive order. Is that right? Yes, there's at least 20 uh, states in the U.S. that are refusing to comply, especially with the, the vaccine passport end of this agenda. And for good reason, um, you know, number one, they're, they're all uh, conservative, what we would call red states. Uh, number two, uh, the economies in red states, in conservative states, have uh, recovered much uh, better and more quickly than the blue states who have maintained a lot of the lockdowns and the shutdown mandates. Um, the blue states are sort of struggling economically, and the red states are kind of uh, thriving now. Uh, in fact, a lot of red states are desperate for more employees. Uh, in, uh, in the businesses in the red states are desperate for more employees uh, because the uh, uptick in uh, retail and the service sector is, has been huge. So they just don't have the people to fill a lot of those those jobs right now. Um, that's kind of where we're at, and the blue states are, are just floundering. So to, to suddenly just submit to these... Uh, vaccine mandates would kill that economic recovery in, in the red states, and they know it. It, it, it makes no sense um, fiscally. It makes no sense. So the the thing about, uh, I guess, state governments uh, refusing to comply 
is that they're going to do a lot of things which, you know, to most of us would seem, I think, milk toast. Uh, their response will be limited, especially at first. So they'll they'll uh, try to field some lawsuits against Biden and the federal government over this. Uh, I think a lot of people are definitely going to need more than that, it, especially conservatives in red states. They're going to need to see that the the governor and the state legislatures are going to issue a real uh, refusal, something solid, um, perhaps even a soft, uh, what I would call a soft secession of these states away from the federal government, um, up to and including the removal of, of uh, federal agencies from those states. Hmm. Wow, wouldn't that be something? Because and some various states have kind of their own rules, right? Like some of them are called commonwealths and you got Texas, which is kind of its own little republic in a way. <laughs> and I'm not too up on uh, the unique aspects of each state, but many of them do have their own different uh, relationship with the federal government, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, wouldn't it be interesting to see California? You mentioned the red states. I mean, it, it's being subject to a recall uh, attempt. Uh, Governor Newsom hanging on by his fingernails now as Californians by the millions say, uh, you know, we're getting rid of this guy. And, uh, you know, to have a guy like Larry Elder all of a sudden, who's a libertarian, become, uh, you know, a governor of that state, wouldn't it be, you know, spectacular to see a guy like that also throw his hat in the ring in terms, because he's, a, he's expressed his strong reservations against these vaccine mandates as well. And so maybe talk a little bit about what's going on in California. I mean, I it's a mini revolution out there. Newsom, I know that they're getting panicky out there because they're saying, you know, we what well, we we don't want to turn California into Texas. All this as people as companies uh, leave, uh, you know, the Golden State for for other states like Texas. I think a recall. I, I mean, uh, as far as uh, getting a libertarian or a conservative in in office um, to replace Newsom, that would be the only thing that could save California at this point. Otherwise, you're going to have uh, millions more people trying to leave that state in the next year. I guarantee uh, they've already had they've already had millions of people uh, leave already, just in the past year and a half due to all the COVID restrictions. So um, I, I think that would be the only thing to save that state economically and, and population-wise, that people aren't going to want to stay there anymore if this continues for much longer. Uh, will it work out that way? You know, I don't know. I, I don't have a huge amount of faith in the, in the election process, especially these days. So um, it would be nice, uh, especially for Californians, if that could happen. But um, I think the longer-term solution will be, especially if it doesn't work out uh, in terms of the recall, the longer-term solution would be for red counties, conservative counties in these states to break away and uh, just declare uh, autonomy from the state government. And that's kind of what's happening in Oregon right now. Uh, we're seeing uh, multiple uh, counties in Oregon, Eastern Oregon, breaking away and uh, saying they're not going to they're not going to follow the mandates. They're not going to go along with vaccine passports, and the governor can stuff it basically. Um, and and in Oregon, the biggest problem is really just Portland. You know the the leftist cities and the the 
you know, handful of leftist counties. Those are the biggest problems right now in these states. They're the ones dictating all the terms as far as the mandates go and the vaccine passports. So it would be interesting to see if this recall happens, but the longer-term solution would be for these counties, the, the conservative counties, to break away. You mentioned uh, secession or secession. Um, could this be the start of some of the things that you have spoken about in the past, which is a hard secession. In other words, many states, um, the red states, many of them, most of them would say, um, you know, we cannot go along with uh, a federal government that has violated the Constitution openly and threatens uh, the liberty of the republic and, and people and Americans who believe in a constitutional republic as it uh, was founded, and so we want out. I mean, uh, to what degree is there a threat around, you know, a much more, let's just say, serious uh, secession uh, in, in the United States? I think it's pretty high, especially if Biden continues on this path with vaccine mandates, the federal-level vaccine mandates, because from what I'm seeing among conservatives in general, liberty movement people, uh, patriots, gun rights people, that that whole gamut, which makes up millions and millions of Americans, uh, everyone is sort of fed up. They're all on edge. They're all fed up. They're tired of this um, push for authoritarianism. They know what it is. They're not they're not blind to it. Most people know what this is. And there are people who uh, it, it's really coming down to the fact that there are people who know that it's tyranny and they're, they hate it and they're going to fight against it. And then there are people who know that it's tyranny and they love it and they're going to support it. Uh, there, there are not many people left who are trying to argue that this is not uh, tyranny. <laughs> so you have a bunch of people on the left who are, are you know, sociopathic who enjoy the idea of locking down and controlling conservatives in particular and making their lives miserable. So they fully support these types of mandates. And, uh, you know, the rest of us, we just want to be left alone. And we're not being left alone. And I think it will end up uh, getting to the point in the near term, uh, maybe in the next year or so, where you start to see at least uh, open mainstream discussion among red states of breaking away and seceding completely. And, of course, the federal government will try to respond and stop that. <clears throat> you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, measures that they will try to take up to and including cutting off uh, federal tax dollars to uh, red states. And, you know, then at that point you're looking at uh, the potential for a war, a civil war. Wow. So you're talking about uh, a hot war. You're talking about actual battles? Yes. <clears throat> yes, I am. Um, I think that what we're seeing is, is actually a, a bit similar to the stages that occurred leading up to <clears throat> the American Revolution, uh, in which there was sort of a, a lot of parley and, and uh, diplomatic back and forth, uh, leading into, you know, economic noncompliance and decentralization. Uh, and then when the British tried to stop the colonies from decentralizing and taking care of themselves, 
that's when the basically the war, the idea of physical war started to uh, bubble to the surface and people realized that, that it was coming to a fight. And I think that's where we're at right now. We're getting real close to the point where you're going to see uh, refusals to comply, a little bit of back and forth, uh, attempts at uh, compromise, which in this case compromise means that we just do what we're told by Biden. And uh, the you know, majority of conservatives are not going to compromise on this at all. So it, eventually, you know, it's inevitable that there's going to be a physical fight. Wow. And then, of course, uh, I mean, inside each state, I mean, you've got a lot of Republicans in blue states, for instance. You've got some Democrats in red states. I would suggest that there's probably a lot more Republicans in blue states than there are Democrats in red states. I could be wrong about that. But then so you may very well have a lot of battles inside, say, blue states from people who certainly uh, sympathize with uh, the quote-unquote rebels. Yeah, and again, again, Oregon is a good example. Uh, eastern, the eastern counties in Oregon are talking about joining with Montana, or, uh, not Montana, but Idaho. Uh, so that's how, <laughs> that's how uh, far along we are in this process. There are actual counties, uh, red counties and blue states who are talking about leaving the blue states and joining with uh, next-door neighbors like Idaho. So, uh, it, you know, some people might think that that's uh, far-fetched, that, you know, yeah, you can talk about it, but it's never going to happen. But um, I think those people don't realize how far along we are in terms of, you know, medical tyranny and rebellion to medical tyranny. Are you in touch with militia groups, that sort of thing, who are right on edge? Uh, I, I don't know if I call them militia groups, but there's a lot of, there are definitely a lot of uh, community groups forming across the country, and they are not happy. And I think that it would not take much uh, in terms of, you know, Biden's um, intrusions in order for those people to just, you know, dedicate completely to the idea of a militia. Wow. Brandon Smith, thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you come back again soon. This is the stuff of uh, you know history making before our eyes, isn't it? I mean, this is this is all playing out as we speak. I mean, these are truly the kind of times that uh, test men's souls, aren't they? Yeah, we're we're living it in what I would call a nexus point in history. This is a, a big decision making point in our uh, country and in our culture and I think that depending on where we go for the next you know couple of years that could determine the future of uh, not just this country but the world in terms of freedom for centuries to come so it really depends on what we do now all right check out Brandon's website alt dash market dot us.